Is it the preamp one or a different one? No, this is just like a USB mic. Ah, word. Uh, so, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe the cable got stepped on. Brilliant. Uh, it would be better than this stupid mic being busted, but I'm happy it's working now. What more can I ask for? A million dollars. Okay. So, plus that <laughs> and a working microphone. <laughs> you know, I forget the microphone. <laughs> I can buy more than one microphone with a million dollars. Literally... Thousands of microphones. <laughs> oh no, I squandered my million dollars. This was the total monkey's paw wish. What do you want? A working? <laughs> oh, I should have asked for a million dollars. And this Christ. microphone is from the 1950s. And, this mi- and it fell on my family's head and killed them. Curse you, monkey <laughs> paw! Monkey paw. <laughs> oh, we do have fun. How uh, we do? So, are we within baby window? Yeah, Kathy's up with babe. So I'm good to go for all baby operations seeing, nominal. Yeah, all baby operations nominal. <laughs> baby Pooping and peeing. Baby neither <laughs> needs to be changed. And baby hasn't driven mother so crazy that daddy has to intervene. Yeah. So we good. Jeez, man. I don't know if I have a long list of names to read or a short one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one Are or you the other. Drunk? Or- <laughs> Or none. <laughs> it's either a long one or a short yeah, one. It's like, or let's nothing. make a deal. Uh, uh, just, you know. Now, at the bottom of the a, long It's list. been a month. Oh, it's been, that's true. It has been quite some time. So I want to say, what's up? Thanks, Miguel. Thanks, Anime News Network. You didn't buy a shirt, but you paid me through PayPal and I just read your name. Hooray! Uh, Mike, Mike, who says, uh, I was going to buy a t shirt to support you guys, but you're out of medium. So, I, oh, I figured I'd donate instead. Dude. Uh, thanks for, and can you tell me what the music at the end of episode plus nine to Sashay is? Uh, I don't know, but I can try and discover it live on air. This is how we do everything. <laughs> Preparation. Uh, well, this is, I mean, this is funny because. I don't even remember what Sashay, what was it, Sashay plus nine? Plus nine to Sashay. I guess it's a Fallout podcast. Music selection. We were listening to this last night, and then I started thinking about when Luke Smith left one up, and I was sad. Uh, this is gonna be weird because I'm gonna be hearing your voice coming from Skype, and also from this thing, this crappy player. Which we have too many 499 episodes. I can't just search for nine. <laughs> uh, no, it's plus nine to sachet. I figured it out. It is uh the orchestral version of the One Up Show theme song. Nice. Uh, and I think I don't remember. Uh. I bet if you search for one-up show orchestral, you'd find it. Uh, but it's by some <laughs> actual video game composer guy. Oh, Chris Tilton. So we did it. Isn't Thanks Chris Tilton, I feel like, is actually kind of famous. Well, he's definitely an orchestra conductor. I know, but I feel like he's done other big video games things. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what, but apparently he's, uh, he's scored fringe. Oh, there you go. That, <laughs> and also, I don't know. I've just definitely heard that name. But maybe that's probably maybe most, Tilton is a common name. Yeah, that's probably the most famous thing, because he's done uh, Mercenaries Playground of Destruction, Black, Fracture, and SimCity. But probably like the most recent SimCity. Yeah. Word. All right. So thanks, Mike. Uh, sorry we're out of medium t-shirts. But in another way, I am not sorry. I am <laughs> super unsorry. <laughs> there are less t-shirts in my house. Uh, Dan, 
Nick says, keep the dream alive. The world needs the gospel that is fast karate. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I love you guys. Oh, he just, that was just yesterday that he sent that in. Cool. Uh, so he was probably like, hey guys, it's been like a month. Yeah. Where you at? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, life. Yes, exactly life that. <laughs> I don't know. So I started writing a swords and sorcery novel like two days ago. Cause I was like, got it in my head. And I was just like, I'm going to do this. Hey. So I put more than, I think I'm about 15,000 words on the page right now. Snap. I've never written that much in my entire life and I graduated from college. <laughs> there's, there, well, there's definitely something really great about writing first drafts. Cause you're like, <laughs> it's, none of this matters. The only thing that's important is writing down a lot of words. Yeah. So, so like your words per hour are huge, which gives you this crazy sense of accomplishment. Which is then completely muted by the two years you spent editing at a snail's pace. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, okay, well, what I did today is change three sentences, and it took me an hour. Yeah. So, it's nice to be back in that, because I was definitely getting soups burned out. And I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but it's a nice thought to be like, well, considering this is about, like, orcs. It's not really super thematically dense, so I'm more positive about the idea that, like, well, maybe I could write something like this in a couple months and get it out, versus, like, uh, it's been two years, and it's still not done, and the pieces aren't in the places they need to be. So, like, at a certain point, uh, not having released anything just gets, like, mega depressing. (laughs) Like, I have spent unthinkable hours, like, hundreds of hours on this book, and they're like, yep, I can't even really talk about it to anybody but Graziella. <laughs> the journey <laughs> is its own reward, Dave. Well, I mean, there is a certain satisfaction to it, but it might, it might be nice if somebody besides, like, her and the other two people that have read it, Had read it. could see it at some point. <laughs> but, you know, all things in good time. Indeed. But I'm definitely, like, riding off a high of that, and I definitely... Could not sleep last night. I saw your <laughs> Twitter post. Eventually, I just, like, I sat in bed for like 45 minutes. I even tried listening to Lord of the Rings, my nappy time bomb, but that just made it worse. Even the song of, I, do you didn't just skip straight to the Tom Bombadil song? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just put it on random and I just let it take it where it will. Oh man. So after 45 minutes, I was like, well, I guess I might as well just write more crap because it's all percolating around in here anyway. Yeah. Speaking of Lotor. Uh, in my neck of the woods, I just got this app for the iPhone called Quiz Up, uh-huh. which is a real-time quiz app where you throw down against somebody else in a specific area of knowledge, and they have a Lotor one and a Hobbit one, and so that's what I did at work today. Yo, that sounds hot. I was like, let's do this, Hobbit. Did you obliterate the competition? No, dude. There are some people that know a lot about the Hobbit. <laughs> I think probably anybody who would choose the Hobbit is somebody who knows a lot about the Hobbit. I it's mean, I did okay. Like, I've seen the movie. I'm definitely over 500, <laughs> but there are people on here that are bananas. Mm-hmm. Like, they know some random stuff, and they know it quickly. And I don't They're know like, if that's... Mongolian bitches! Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, <laughs> like, part of me thinks it might be a Nars function. Because there's only so many questions the app can have. Because it's all user... I believe it's user-submitted content. So basically, somebody submitted however many Hobbit questions, and that's the sample base for questions. 
So potentially you could exhaust it. So if you played the game enough times, you would have memorized the 1,000 or so Hobbit facts that the the quiz app can supply. Uh, I just hope that's not the case. I am really stoked about the idea that somewhere out there there's like some guy that just remembers that much crap about the Hobbit. Yeah. I mean, he's better than me, and he's probably better. Like, is Graziella. I assume, I assume he is a better father and lover. However, <laughs> I still, you know, I can aspire to be like him. Um, my ideal version of that throwdown is recite all the lyrics in the melodies from the Hobbit cartoon. <laughs> Just, I don't, this is going to be one long multiple choice question. Yeah, <laughs> and the other guys just peeing. It's just like I'm singing to him through my microphone. <laughs> is the next word just the? Just crack the plates. That's what Bill Baggins hates. Oh man, when I first read The Hobbit, I was like, "Where's all the music?" Because I saw the old <laughs> animated cartoon beforehand. Oh yeah, you thought you were gonna open the page and was gonna start singing to you? Well, no, but I mean, like, there are. Do they? Is that? A, I guess that is actually in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the songs are all in there. Or not all the songs are in there, yeah, but like a lot of the, the songs The orc the songs are not in there. Yeah. The orcs well, well, never the, sing in the book. A Jay's favorite one is from the Lord of the Rings one, where it's called There's a Whip, There's a Way. Yeah, where there's a whip, there's uh, a way. I think there is one goblin song in The Hobbit. I think when they capture them in the mountain, which, by the way, I mean, like, I didn't think the, the new Hobbit movie was the worst movie ever. But that sequence was so terrible. Which one? Like where the the part where the mountains are like attacking each other oh, and they're yeah. falling for like forty five minutes. They're like, oh, we're so clumsy. Like, what's happening? Everything's falling apart. Uh, and I don't know. The, and then they fall into the goblins, and it's like just Blight Town. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, you're gonna get invaded. By that same guy who keeps invading Grotz when we're trying to summon each other, and then she runs out of humanity, and we the, get pissed off and rage quit. Is that the white orc? He's the, the invader? Maybe Gandalf's the invader, because he comes and blows up all the goblins. Well, that's he came on your side, so you would have had to summon yeah, him. Yeah, he's a white phantom. Sun bro. Yeah, he's sun bro. All, it all fits. It all fits. <laughs> I've, uh, so I've now seen The Hobbit three times and it was twice in the past like week why because, what are you so doing we, well we so we got it and we was like well we got to get uh, our money's worth now well Graz was like i want to watch it again before we see the second one which we haven't yet which is like should ought to tell you how sort of underwhelmed we were by the first because <laughs> Graz was like freaking out i took a day off work to go see the first hobbit uh and we were like ah you know that wasn't as bad this time. When you're not, like, chained to a theater chair for three hours, the movie is more <laughs> tolerable. Uh, but then we watched it again last night because it was a Jay's birthday and he wanted to watch it. Like, so they were initially bartering for Lord of the Rings, but then I guess a Jay said he wanted to watch The Hobbit. So now I've seen it three times and by the end I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go take a shower. And then I came back and was like, oh no, did I miss the climax for the third time? I didn't get to see all, like, the hugs and Thorn be like, yo, alright, I guess we're bros. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It was okay the second time around. I, the first time around, I was like, that was so boring. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I will probably see 
the uh, the desolation of smog, however, because it seems like they are they just went like whole hog into we're not really making the uh, the Hobbit the movie we're just making a really fun movie with dragons. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. They got to fill time somehow because I feel like the the second movie there's probably enough stuff in there with dragon stuff to make a whole movie out of it. I'm not really sure how you make a whole movie out of the stuff that happens after Smog. Like, is it just going to be like an hour and a half long battle scene? <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand that either. Although I didn't really understand at all how they were planning on getting three movies out of it. Yeah, well, it seems a little far-reaching. Grotz's fallback was like, well, they're including stuff from the Silmarillion and other extended works, but they're also including, like, Fan fiction insert characters <laughs> played by the chick from Lost. Yeah. Well, I think that they well, looked at what was going to happen in this book and they were like, you guys, there's not a single woman in this part of the Hobbit. That's what I was going to say. It was like, well, unfortunately, <laughs> if you want a woman in Lord of the Rings, you almost have to invent them because <laughs> they're like two. Yeah. I was talking to my coworker about that today. He was like, well, Galadriel's in them. And I'm like, not as much as she's in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's in, like, one scene. And she's not in The Hobbit. It's true. I, oh, I mean, I guess in other Lord of the Rings news, we actually got the Lord of the Rings, like, card game, which we only played once but seems kind of neat. I don't know. It's kind of like magic. You play cooperatively with another person against, like, a, you know, one of these prearranged encounters. You, like, create. you have a deck that has all the monsters or whatever in it, and then each person picks two heroes and builds essentially a magic deck that complements those heroes. And you've got like Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's got like a fairly neat mechanic where it's all about managing your threat level. So you have like a certain amount of threat that is incremented by not dealing with stuff in the world. And your objective is to quest, but monsters sort of hang out in this pool. And reduce your ability, like you have a quest stat and they have an anti-quest stat. So every turn you have to like overcome that, qu- it's willpower and they have threat. So your willpower has to be greater than their threat. Well that's cool, so it's kind of like courage. Yeah. Uh, and that'll let you make progress on the quest and then eventually win. But in doing so, like you have to be like, alright, I'm going to commit... Elrond and Denethor to this quest, and they're going to be like the original Og couple. (laughs) 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 And in doing so, they are, they're tapped like a magic, so they're just out for the round. Then after that, the enemies decide if they're going to attack you based on your threat. So if you, if you've accrued a lot of threat, enemies start coming out of the staging area and engaging with your party, and you've really you've got three heroes, and then you can summon allies like spearmen and stuff. Uh, so you've only got a certain amount of people to commit to your resource, or to your questing each turn, and still have enough dudes to defend yourself, and then counterattack, which are two separate steps, require two different dudes. So you're, you kind of do feel really pressured, like, pretty much at all times. Like, we were like, okay, well, we really want to send out, like, I think Grotz had Eowyn, who had, like, the best willpower out of anybody. So we were like, we got to send her out every turn, but that's, like, one-third of Grotz's party. And when these monsters show up, like, you need a dude to block it and a dude to counterattack it. So at some point, I had three monsters on me, and I was just like, 
I literally can't do anything. I'm just like stuck until we deal with some of these monsters because I'm just blocking with them every turn so they don't just run roughshod over my dudes. You can't like summon any ghost men or anything like that. <laughs> Maybe in the expansions. I had like a I had like a bard from uh uh Rohan and like an elf lady that could heal people and she was pretty sweet until we drew a card that was like everything that's tapped takes one damage and I was like Oh, guess how much health my elf lady has. I see what just happened. <laughs> oh, those are the worst. Well, I mean, the coolest part about it is that it incorporates this this very minor gambling mechanic where you'll commit your dudes to a quest. You'll be like, all right, there's like a goblins in the strazing area with six threats. So we're going to put eight willpower towards the quest. But then you reveal two new cards, which could be monsters or tragic events or whatever. So you never quite Dude, know. Dude, this sounds like an amazing game. It's really complicated. <laughs> it took me, like, we were sitting there, and I, Graz was really tired and had a headache, and she was, like, literally leaning at, like, a 15-degree <laughs> angle against the table <laughs> while I'm trying to explain the rules to her. And I'm like, uh, okay, I think attack comes before defense. No, defense comes first. <laughs> but I just, like, sort That's of Googled the tr- around. That's true of any board game, though. Yeah. No, that is definitely my role whenever board games come up. What is this thing called? Uh, it's called Lord of the Rings Living Card Game. It's called a Living Card Game because when you open the box, a fucking goblin comes out and grabs your arm. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. And then you pull out the biter and the beater. Glamdring? The faux hammer. Yeah. I don't remember what the other one's called. Because uh, you can't. What's the point of remembering something that isn't faux hammer? <laughs> it's true. It is utterly overshadowed by the other one. I also uh, love how the goblins like recognize the sword. It's like, whoa. Oh, I think that was in the books, too, right? Yeah, no, they they absolutely were. That actually happens. Because when they, they find the swords uh, in the troll's den, and it turns out that they're glamdring and then whatever the other one's called. And when they pull them out, that's where you hear it's beater and basher, the faux yeah. hammer. Uh, it it actually is, like, a really, it's cool in the sense that these things are sort of imbued with such a presence that them just being there causes them to freak out. <laughs> and that's actually one of the, the cooler scenes in the movie, because they just unsheath one of those things, and the goblins are just, like, fucking falling all over themselves and shit in their pants. And, like, nobody's wielding it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, like they goblins could have just kicked it off the platform and into this like bizarre endless abyss they live above for some reason. <laughs> well, it's not even endless. Like the dwarves eventually do fall into it, as does Bilbo, and they all yeah. survive. Why yeah. even have I mean, the bridges? Well, Bilbo kept falling down those like slanted ramps like a ninja warrior. <laughs> yeah, Bilbo. No, seriously, falling down. he would have so many internal injuries. <laughs> Gumbatang! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, if he has bone density, the average human man, I mean, that's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He'd break all of his more ribs. like birds. His I entire abdomen would be mush. Hobbits evolved into birds. That's why we don't have them anymore. Uh, but do you want to... I mean, so before we go on, the one thing I wanted to say is like, so this concept of a living card game is something that Fantasy Flight appears to do with a bunch of stuff. They're the the publisher. And it's basically like the game is magic, 
but instead of being collectible, they just put out an expansion like every other month, and you pay 15 bucks for it if you want it, and you get everything. And I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty great idea, and I wonder why nobody's ever really done it except they're all incredibly greedy and want the magic money that nobody but magic is actually going to get. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a neat idea to just be like, okay, it's a deck-building game, but you get all the cards, which is also the idea behind Dominion, I guess. Also, by, and by Netrunner. Rub- yeah, yeah. Net- well, Netrunner is a one of these living card games. It's, like, under the same branding. So is this the same, like, team that produced Netrunner? Uh, it's the same company. I don't know if it's the same people. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, we only played, like, we played essentially, like, one and a half games to sort of figure it out. It seems cool. I would play more of it. That I mean, that sounds right in my wheelhouse, because I love cooperative board games. Yeah. And I also love building decks a la Magic, and I like the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. And I love, I love Glarewin, the gun, or the Rondor, the one, why can't Hodor, what is, <laughs> the Horseman, Rohan, Joel, I'm going to give you a tip. Now that I'm in the business of writing sword and sorcery, you just put a bunch of words together. Just just put a bunch of letters together and think about it later. What, for character names? <laughs> yeah, for proper nouns or whatever. Places. Cultures. I think you should write like, your entire book, but all of the villains' names are just straight-up German. And they're not even, like, Nazi German. It's like Merkel. Yeah. <laughs> and Schroeder. It's actually been really liberating doing this. So even if I don't end up doing anything for it, it's really been like a good, just fun, like purgating writing exercise because there's like two things I really had to avoid in writing the other book was that like I was really conscientious about not putting in too many like weird, uh, proper names. So I think there's only like two or maybe three non-English words in the whole book. Uh, because I didn't want people to be like, all right, I'm reading this, and there's like fucking 500 terms I gotta keep track of. <laughs> so, you with didn't want to get it's all Game like of Thrones with it. You're in. I'm just like throwing out like the Elf City is 500 letters long. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not even its secret name. Uh, and the other thing I do is like, I definitely have this like proclivity where I'm like, oh man, this turn of phrase is gonna be so hot. Like, and then I'm like, wait a minute, it's being spoken by a 17-year-old child. And so now I can just get in there and get all that, like, weird, crappy, quasi-Middle English phraseology. <laughs> just, like, you know, just mash it up and use really awkward combinations of words that sound super dope, but probably also kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it, it, it has been fun. And what more can I ask for? But anyway, you want to talk about the topic of our discussion, Asura? Let's do. Asura's Wrath? It was all right. I mean, it's kind of shitty that it ends without an ending and then you got to pay for the ending, which I did not. Asura's Wrath? Yeah. Whatever. I was I actually looked this up as we were preparing for this podcast to see if Asura the movie and Asura's Wrath came out in the same year. And in fact, that they did. So there must have been some kind of bizarre resurgence like in yeah. interest in Asura <laughs> yeah. around that time in Japan. Well, it probably took them like two or three years to make the game, right? I mean, maybe not, because 
it's those people who make like the Naruto games, and they're probably used to making games in like a month. Well, it's also true that they could have used a lot of their existing elements and just reskinned them. Like yeah. I imagine the most complicated part of that game was just you know the art, not the engine. Like they reprogrammed anything because if you look at a lot of those boss fights, they kind of look like Naruto fight sequences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Asura is based on the Hindu slash Voodoo myth of a small child who is whose mother is a cannibal that eats the bodies of the dead because Japan is in a really shitty state right now. She doesn't even eat the bodies of the dead. The only dead body she tries to eat is her baby. Well, I think in the very beginning she eats a body like before she gives birth to the baby. Uh, and then she's like, shit, dog, I'm so hungry. I I'm will... just going to eat this baby. <laughs> baby looks good. I'm not even going to front. That baby looks delicious. Wait, Lady, now I'm... don't eat your baby. Now that ain't right. So, so it's been like a, a week or two since we watched it because we watched it before Australian Thanksgiving. But then there was no time. So, I'm trying to, like, put the pieces together in my head. She picks up the axe, and is using it as a walking stick before the baby is born. Mm-hmm. She doesn't cut the baby out of herself with an axe, does she? No, the baby is just okay. born. I didn't think so. But the baby is just born in an abandoned temple by herself. So, that's a pretty badass mom. Yeah. Especially, I don't know, maybe since she's starving to death, it just sort of, like, falls out of her. I don't know. I don't think that's how that works. I think if you're starving, it makes it a lot worse. Probably. Well, probably more likely that you'll die. Yes. And then she's like, I'm so hungry. I got no milk for this baby anyway. Well, she, want, well she, eat it. she doesn't do that immediately. She's not like zero to baby eating. That's true. It's not like the next morning. She wanders she around for a while. And the music's going. <laughs> she like opens her eyes and the baby's there. And she's just like, oh. Time to make breakfast. Yeah. This is a really efficient strategy for keeping yourself nourished. <laughs> Carry this fetus around for nine months and then eat it. She's like, all right, in another nine months, I'm going to get me another sweet, sweet baby. But she, see, uh, see, your problem was that she decided to cook the baby. <laughs> if she'd eaten it raw, perhaps the gods wouldn't, they, she would not have called down the wrath of the gods who then Sent down the rain, said Dasser fire, and I guess she just ran away scared. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure if she, I, I can't remember that part very clearly, but I think she is just driven mad. Like the baby cries out. Yeah. And then she is driven mad by what was about to happen, but I think she leaves him in the fire. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, okay, peace. And the fire gets put out by the rain. And then he like, does a baby Moses thing, or maybe not, or maybe we don't even know, and just, he's eight. And he's still got the axe his mom was walking around with, so, question marks? Like, I guess he's been carrying this axe around since his mom, since he was a baby? That was, like, the first thing he learned to do, was drag the axe. I, I don't know, I'm not sure why, yeah, because the monk doesn't meet him until later, like, he's completely feral by the time the monk shows up in his life and names him Asura. Yeah. So, yeah, how did that baby survive? <laughs> it's true. There's we no way. <laughs> well, there's no scenes of, like, a wolf picking him up by the neck and teaching him to hunt. I am privy to compelling evidence that says if you leave a baby outside, that baby is done for. Yeah, I mean, it sounds reasonable You don't me. even have to put the baby on a fire first. <laughs> like, if you just <laughs> left 
a baby. Well, that, was her, that was her cooking it. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have some baby short ribs. That baby and could... they are short because it is a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, they, I, man, that is a huge problem. I, I guess so, the whole point of the story, or at least the whole gloss that the monk puts onto it, is that, you know, life persists even in the face of great struggle, which is kind of funky because we'll get to the details of Osra's life. Uh, that is probably unnecessarily rosy in terms of a summary, but yeah, I guess maybe that's the whole point. Like, Osra just somehow lives fed by something. I guess maybe he was under a fruit tree and fruit kept falling into his mouth. But babies ain't, babies ain't got no teeth to eat no fruit. <laughs> he just kept crying and the strawberries. You have to bite a grape in half to give it to a baby. Bush. That wouldn't even work if a whole strawberry. <laughs> Fell into a no, no, no. I'm just saying that the strawberries were so overripe that they just dripped oh, juice, oh, their juices. That yeah, it's gross. a little gross. That's a little bit. It's a little bit gross. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They just hit his throat and. <laughs> oh, I'm throwing up all over the place. <laughs> this is grosser than the idea that he would have crawled around nourishing himself on dead bodies. Maybe there was like a series of lone wolf and cub things where like friendly samurai took him in their baby cart of death and he paid his wage across this tattered land by murdering people. Or at least facilitating their murder by like rolling a ball at them. And they're like, huh, what, a ball? And then it's like, lone wolf, cut your head off. Good job, cub. But So he grows up, he's eight, and he decides, today, I'm going to eat a monk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he doesn't consciously think that. Well, yeah, well, it's true that at that point, uh, Asura, the next time we meet Asura, he's wandering around with this axe, and he comes upon a family, murders and eats them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot That's about before that. He yeah. So Asura yeah, is... Yeah, he's definitely... They do have the establishing cannibalism scene. <laughs> it's like, yeah, in I case you were sure. I forgot about that. I thought the first thing, yeah, I thought the first thing he does is go after that monk. No. But no. Yeah, there's definitely, like... A wife, a husband, and a little kid, and they're like, oh, life is so hard, but at least we'll get by. And the officer, like, opens the door and was like, what's up, fuckers? In fact, they're eating, like, one sweet potato. And they're, they're also starving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking Oscar is going to steal that sweet potato, and you end up thinking, I wish he had stolen the sweet potato. Well, there's nothing saying he didn't. <laughs> he just also <laughs> murdered them. And potentially ate them. And Well, there's almost this- certainly. Because then, like, like somebody gets home, it's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Who would do such a thing? And Oscar's like... sweet potato's just sitting in a puddle of blood on the floor. Who like, would well, ruin this sweet, sweet potato? potato. <laughs> it's so good. Now it's got even more iron and essential vitamins from this blood of the terror. <laughs> That's Aju. I get... <laughs> I mean, it is, kind of. Uh, uh, I get the impression that in this state or phase of Japan's history, or at least in this location, uh, that literally anyone would kill literally anyone else for one sweet potato. It seems that way. Except for this monk and that guy who drags that log in the worst way possible. (laughs) Doesn't even roll the log. Uh, I guess the road's not wide enough, but... Like, you could have other smaller logs that it would roll on. <laughs> yeah, you could cut it up. He's like, no, this is for a post. It's not like they don't have the wheel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't afford wheels. 
Yeah, so they, they establish that Osura is a cannibal. And then he meets a monk. And the monk uses the power of karate to, I guess, stop him from being a cannibal. At least temporarily. He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to throw you against a tree, kid. And I'm going to jump off this bridge as it gets washed out. And then we're going to give you some lessons. Here's your stupid name. I guess his stupid name is Osura. The monk's like, here's your name's Osura, because I don't know. Whatever. And I'm going don't to... Don't people, kid. Quit I'm, it. I'm going to teach you this chant. Yeah. Yeah, Osura, I mean, Abutsu. Yeah, that was actually exactly what it was, Fred. <laughs> I think that is spot on. And that, that kid is like, oh, man, I'm going to do it. I can't talk. And also, isn't it like almost impossible to learn how to talk if you're like eight and have never spoken? Uh, I don't think it's impossible, but you definitely wouldn't be able to do it that fast. Yeah. Because you wouldn't really know that those were words. Your mouth would have to learn how to make sounds that weren't like growls. And you'd also have to get over your crippling distrust of everything and everyone. Because, I mean, like, that's really Osiris' problem. I mean, speech, sure. The, like, being compelled to murder everybody out of fear or anger. Might want to deal with that first. Yeah. And then, what? They get separated. Oh, right. Osiris wanders off after, like, a squirrel. And he's like, I'm going to go eat this squirrel. And the monk's like, ah, shit! (laughs) I knew I should have kept looking back. I don't understand. Like, the monk, I guess he's... He is a Zen master, so he's not supposed to be concerned with worldly things. But he really seems to just let it slide with Osura. He teaches him that Veda, and then it's just like, okay, my job here is done. Take that meaningless bit of, you know, trivia that you now know into the world. Yeah. And convince some lady that you're worth loving. And then feel betrayed by her and try to hit her with an axe. Yeah. He's like, yo, I'm so pissed off. Because I just discovered what boners are, and you are not reciprocating. Also, like, do you have a boner? I don't really know what a woman is. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. It's like, yeah, I mean, so the the the, I, the whole story is about Asura getting het up over this, uh, over this chick named Wakasa, and... People are prejudiced for, like, I don't know. It's a strange prejudice. They're mad at him because he killed the landlord's son. But, like, what obligation do these people have to the landlord beyond not wanting to be murdered or tortured or, like, have their stuff seized by the landlord? I, I, I think it has more to do with the landlord is willing to pay them. Yeah, but... And like, to be fair, the landlord's son was just a jerk. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He didn't necessarily need to get mauled to death by another human being. Have we explained that that happened? We probably should. Yeah. Well, he (laughs) threw rocks at people. You ought not throw rocks at people, fat-ass little kid. It's the most bizarre revenge sequence ever. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, get that bull. Oh, wait a minute. I don't think the bully deserved that. Yeah. Oh, my. (laughs) It's like, oh, please stop eating him. Osura, please. (laughs) So, anyway, like... The sea that we're talking about, Osura comes across a group of dudes who are just hanging out, pushing a log, 
up a yeah, hill. It, it's one muscly kind of dude and a bunch of kids who I guess they're just hanging out with. And the guy looks like he's about 35, but I think he's supposed to be like a teenager. Maybe he looks that old just because he's been reasoned by the, yeah, the starvation that is everywhere in Japan during this time. Because I think he and Wakasa are supposed to be like contemporaries. Or of a similar age. Because they're going to move away and go to the city. But yeah, so they, they come upon him, dragging a rock or a log straight. Like they're not rolling it. Yeah, like, that's really the. It was the most bizarre thing. Yeah, they're they're just dragging it. So the the top of the log is digging a trench into the earth as they move it. And they're like, "Hey, I mean, I know I'm six, but I think maybe there's an easier way to do it than this." And he's like, "No, I don't think I don't think so." Oh yeah, who I put you so. in charge, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, just knocks him over. Get out of my face. <laughs> my country has been dragging logs, or my people have been dragging logs for generations. Yeah. I'm a log dragger. That's what the landlord pays me for, and that's what I do. Look at these ropes I put on it. <laughs> Making it even more difficult to drag. <laughs> it's like, just turn it sideways and just roll it. We're not even on a hill. <laughs> or, like, put it on some kind of sled. Yeah. It's a flat road. Like He's like, for 17 generations, my family has dragged logs. And if it works for my grandfather and my grandfather's grandfather, then it works for me. And meanwhile, like, the kids in the back are just dying, like, <laughs> passing out from heat exhaustion. Yeah, doesn't one of them does actually pass out. That ain't yeah. even a joke. That's funny. <laughs> Well, it's not really funny. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's terrible. Yeah. But it's true. It's, it's amazing the power that a drought has over a populace. I don't even think it, you're not, I don't, are you really supposed to believe it's a drought? I feel like it's typical. Yeah, because the rivers are all dried Japan. up. I just thought it was because there was a war. I thought, I thought, I mean, when, so when Osir encounters the monk, that's when that like big rainstorm breaks and the dried up river like washes out the bridge. I don't know how quickly rivers get undried up when there's a rainstorm. <laughs> and then you're like, alright, Wakasa is like hiding him and basically being like, oh, it's so fun to play mother and like bring this kid food and stuff. And the kid's like, you're not my mom. First off, my mom tried to eat me. Second off, look in my pants. <laughs> it's like, Asura, you're eight. It's like, I don't know what eight is. <laughs> Numbers as well as love are foreign <laughs> concepts to me. I know where eight is in my pants. Inches. I don't know what inches are. I'm just saying words. <laughs> if this makes any sense, it's just a complete accident. I speak no language. But yeah, anyway, it becomes clear that Asura is quite enamored of Wakasa. Yeah. But Wakasa loves the log pulling guy. <laughs> Mr. Log pulling dude. <laughs> I think his name is Gito, though I that's I only have that because or no no, I think Gito is the word for landlord. Okay, never mind. What was Maybe your... he's she? Oh, I think he might be Gisuke. I don't know. He could be any of these characters. The point is that they're in love and they're going to move to the city together, where shit's not going to be so shitty. Turns out that's not meant to be. Maybe because Asura. Kills a horse? <laughs> Am I skipping stuff? I mean, there is that, 
What doesn't he kill? <laughs> like kills my notes say no, horse, just, but that doesn't make sense. I'm just trying to like straighten out. Who even the knows? Chronology. This movie is like a fever dream. It, well, first off, it's animated super weird. <laughs> like it looks kind of like a PlayStation 2's pre-render cutscenes, uh, and I don't think that effect served them well. I don't want to be mean about it. But it's kind of a really ugly movie in a lot of places. Well, yeah, you can tell it was done on purpose. It just is still a mistake. Yeah. So it doesn't look like they executed on their plan poorly. It's that their plan sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it just looks pretty bad most of the time. And, like, there's not a lot of detail. I mean, there's, like, a different sort of detail on the faces. If you ever wondered, like, how much blood they could get streaming out of a child's mouth, then there's a lot of detail. <laughs> but if you're like, I mean, it, I, calling them PlayStation 2 cutscenes is probably like a little bit cruel, but only a little bit. Well, it's even like, if it's not, it's just, eh, it looks kind of cobbled together. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, uh, what is up with this? The median rating on Anime News Network is very good. For Asura? Yeah. I don't think this was a good movie. I don't think it was good at all. <laughs> I watched it because Daryl put it in Anime's Craziest Deaths. That's why I was like, oh, maybe we should watch that. Because it doesn't seem like it's just completely soulless, like, uh, that one Blood we use. Blood Sea. Blood Sea. Yeah, that one we use as an example for everything. That is a, a, an excellent point. Asura is trying to do something else, but much like its animation, the plan sucks. It's actually, I mean, it's kind of funny because obviously, ultimately, the moral is like, hey, man, humans are more than just animals. Or whatever. Like, we have to retain our humanity. And then at the very end of the movie, it's like, after the final scene ends, it, like, puts the kanji on the screen. It's like, hey, guys, remember to retain your humanity. And you're like, oh, thanks. Because I didn't get the moral. So now that you've put it in kanji in front of me, I've gathered what you were trying to say. Yeah. I just, I felt a little talked down to. Well, I don't even think I was talked down to. It's just, it's really hard to figure out what's going on because... You feel like you're supposed to feel bad for Osura, which you do. It's terrible. But at the same time, like, Osura is doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And you're like, why? I'm not sure I feel bad for this guy anymore. He's sort of a monster. Well, it's weird. So, right. So, he, he kills the landlord's kid, who is no doubt being a dick. Uh, and then the landlord chases him all around, like, a, all through the fields and over the hills and, like, into the mountains. And Osura falls off a cliff. And this is, like, it was strange because the landlord's chasing him on horseback and he can't outrun this eight-year-old. <laughs> like, That's true. Even over open terrain, this, like, fucking child is just trucking. Well, you know, uh, yeah, that is the worst horse in the history of ever, I think. Yeah, well, that, that, see, that's the thing because Osra did it a favor when he killed and ate it. Which, I don't, I mean, there's not supposed to be any ambiguity, right? Because the climax of the movie is like, Asura, at some point, blah, 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 falls down this thing, almost dies. Wakasa finds him. He gets re- for real boners for her. At some point, the food is running out again. I think, like, kind of the, the beginning of the movie is like super drought time, and the end of the movie is super drought time. And the middle is kind of like, oh, we can almost kind of survive a little. Well, but it's also true that the villagers kind of turn against Wakasa after... It's discovered that she is... They won't help her. Yeah. After it's discovered that she is harboring the fugitive Asura, they, uh, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, so the, so the climax of the movie is is her like starving to death, her and her her dad, and Oscar is like, "Oh, I'm gonna fix this," and he goes and kills the landlord's horse, and then he's like, "Here, here's some meat," and they're like, "This is human meat, you idiot! We're not gonna eat it." And he's like, "No, I swear, it's horse. I killed a horse," and they just are like, "No, it's human meat," and the dad's like, "I'm gonna eat this shit," and she's like, "No, I'm just gonna die. Goodbye." And then she just dies. And he's like, ah, this sucks! I should have brought the whole horse. <laughs> so they'd believe me. Why would I have butchered it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he gives him, yeah, like a perfectly marbled, like, hank of meat. <laughs> There's not, like, a like bit of skin connected to it or anything. I mean, there's not meant to be any ambiguity there, right? Like, he definitely killed a horse. That's not, like, a person that he just happened to kill after he killed the horse no it's definitely the horse so the the thing is that asura in that moment is attempting to do the right thing but nobody believes him at that point because yeah. he, he had already at this point it's also noteworthy that he had attacked the uh the dude that was dragging the log when he yeah. discovered that wakasa loved him so wakasa well, was, was already suspicious pissed. of him yes he doesn't know how to moderate his emotions it's true yeah. And so then the villagers are like, oh, we found him, and he killed the landlord's horse, and let's, like, corner him on either side of this bridge and then light the bridge on fire from either end. And somehow Osiris still gets off this bridge that's on fire on either end, even though he's running on it for, like, 45 minutes. Like, it, like he's in the middle of the bridge, and they light it on fire for either end, and he just keeps running. He's just like, I'm just going to Doesn't he, trucking. like, fall into a ravine for the second he does time? Fall. But it's like 30 seconds after they've lit the bridge on fire. <laughs> yes. Well, and I guess it's a, yeah, this sort of visual metaphor. The bridge is being burned from both ends. Yeah, yeah. Literally, Osura cannot catch a break. Yeah. And then, like, he kills the landlord, I guess. I think, like, it's like what you said. We came away from this movie being like, it doesn't seem like Osura or the people who Osura is going against... We're doing that bad stuff. <laughs> it kind of feels like the, like, disproportional American response of, like, I would stop that mugger if I had a gun. Yeah, it's totally the scene from, uh... Death Wish? Yeah, Death Wish. I knew you were going to say that. steals the woman's purse. And Charles... No, he steals Charles Bronson's camera. Which I think is still <laughs> vigilante entrapment. If yeah. the term entrapment still applies. Because he's dangling this camera off. The the dude steals it. And Charles Bronson <laughs> shoots him in the back. You're like, this is tough. This is... <laughs> yeah. Should know better. So, yeah. Maybe Osiris sort of is the Japanese Charles Bronson. <laughs> Sensually dangling the open camera clasp against his nipple. He's like, oh, I hope no one steals this. <laughs> Charles Bronson is just walking around waiting for somebody to throw a rock at him so they can turn and run away, and then he bites him in the neck. Osra draws, like, a pistol with a 17-inch long <laughs> barrel out of his rags. Yeah, now I'm imagining that scene where Osra returns, but it's Charles Bronson's face. It's very funny. <laughs> Shoots the landlord's kid right in his stupid hat. Right in the hat. And when the hat falls on the ground, he dies because he needs that hat to live. And then the landlord is like, like, he's just super pissed off that the, Osra killed his kid. 
I mean, maybe you don't go out and straight murder a kid after that, but it doesn't seem like that disproportional <laughs> response. I mean, maybe getting the whole village on it and starting a witch hunt is. This was frontier justice, man. If a feral child murdered your kid, you had to put it down. Yeah. This is what America is currently well, trying to go back true, to. Well, but it's also true, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's frontier justice. It, at one point, the monk probably had a chance to turn Osura around, and he just flat out refused to. Well, he got distracted by a bird or something, and then Osura went to go eat a squirrel, and he was like, It's like, dude, so far the- the worst monk of all time! (laughs) Not again! They warned me that this would happen. (laughs) They're gonna take away my monkhood! I'm never gonna get an abbey at this rate. (laughs) I don't even think it's called an abbey, whatever. A monkery? Yeah. (laughs) I think monks live in an abbey. They live in Abbey Road. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Anglican monastery or convent. Uh, yeah, and then, and then it's just like, the end is like, Osura grew up and he turned out okay. He's like making a statue now. Well, he's a monk. Yeah. So he, that, he, So by your, your definition, you're like, that's not okay. What do you mean? Because he probably never got laid. But he's like, I didn't want to get laid. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I don't even know what girls are still. Nobody will tell me. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of it. Yeah, then it kind of ends. He's carving pictures stops. of the Buddha, and we're like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, you made it through, Asura. You killed untold dozens of people in that small village in the process. I don't think he actually killed anybody beyond the landlord and the landlord's kid and those three people that he murdered and ate in the beginning of the movie. But they weren't technically part of that village. And so I would like to know what happens in like the interim nine years before we see Asura as a monk as like a 17-year-old. Because maybe he got more killing in. (laughs) And that's what they're saving for like Asura 2. Wakasa's revenge. I don't know. I can only assume that his life was extremely difficult for the remainder, until he realized that everything sucks, I'm just going to be a monk. Yeah, it's like, well, at least they'll feed me. <laughs> as long as I keep churning out these wooden statues. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, he just hawks them on the pier. <laughs> the wildwood of Kyoto. It's like, hey, anybody want to buy some Buddhist statues? No! And you didn't actually say that, you just screamed in this guttural language. <laughs> I don't know why I can't get any sales. And I just keep eating all my customers. But I'm so hungry. And that's... I mean, that's the end of it. Pretty much. That's all there is. So if you feel the need to experience a completely accurate retelling of the Asura myth, which I don't think this really has any aspirations of being that, but I'm just saying, you should probably just play Asura's Wrath. Which is 100% accurate. Or 95, at least. There's a spider, a big old fat guy that's as big as like a million planets, and puts his fingernail in the earth, and the fingernail starts burning up on re-entry. It's pretty great. <laughs> this, I don't know. It was 75 minutes long. That's like really, really short for a movie. It felt like it was 10 hours long. Like, it felt like it just kept going. I was like, wow, they split this movie up into three, like, really distinct parts. 
There's like pre-waterfall falling down. I'm falling in love with uh, uh, Wakaza. And I want to hit that shit. Oh no, my life is terrible. Everybody wants to kill me. I guess I'll go be a monk. And it's like 25 minutes each. And it felt like I was sitting in your living room for seven days. <laughs> I was like, wait, did we forget to do extraneous Thanksgiving? What year is it? <laughs> I feel like I've been time warped. It was just kind of, ah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, there are far and away worse movies than this movie. But I don't know why anybody would go out of their way to watch it just the same. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not, it's not really good. You want to shut it down? Our triumphant return to podcasting? Sure. I'm so happy. We did it. I, I was so sad when that Skype call happened and you were like, okay, peace out. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Hannah had super good timing. Well, babies are going to do that. <laughs> and will kind of until you send them to college. <laughs> it's so true. Just get used to it. Hooray. Uh, all right, so let's clap. We're, we gotta, we're gonna run up to NYU and see Erin's, like, weird art project game. It sounds pretty cool. Or whatever, for her grad school thing. Uh, so she, yeah, she, I don't know if it's, uh, expanded in scope since then, but she had a thing where, like, you've got a camera pointed at your back, and you're looking at it on a monitor, and the camera's putting spiders on your back, and you have to take a physical back scratcher and, like, Scratch it on your back to knock the spiders off. And the computer picks up like a piece of colored tape on the back scratcher and uses it for positioning. So this is a, it was cool. She showed us like a prototype. I'm going to break her game ago. by wearing the same color shirt. Yeah. And it's just like all the spiders are just constantly just falling crashes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. I'd like to report this, a bug. <laughs> this is actually how you escape uh, Megazone 2-3. Oh yeah, like you just find super, the... you're the best super hard on player. You're the best uh <laughs> bug like scratcher. Aaron's spider back scratcher game and the computer just shuts down and then like the matrix opens up and you're like, "Oh, okay." And then you just go back to playing Dota. And then yeah, you run away in two frame animation. <laughs> All right, so let's cut. Let's do it. 1 2 3. We did it. Podcast recorded. Look out! The ponies! The ponies! Wake up! The big run! The problems are upon us!
do do there we go that's a nice clean wave we have audio Dave come in yes we have audio can you hear me awesome what is that crackling sound yeah were you broadcasting from the center of a tornado? Tornado.